The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Expect the Unexpected, a PapiChuloRadio.com original series. Papi Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, August 28th, 2023, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on CBS's Big Brother. Please welcome my co-host, my fellow house guest, Michael Pena. What's up, people? All right. We've got... I was about to say we've got much to discuss, but like... 60% of the episode was the pressure cooker, so we might not have much to discuss. We'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. But first, it is day 23 inside of the Big Brother house, and we pick up exactly where we left off, and that is all of the house guests minus Miss Felicia inside of the pressure cooker. The pressure cooker 2.0, the legendary pressure cooker HOH competition is back, but with a scary verse twist. The competition is called Revenge of the Pressure Cooker. And uh, we didn't just get a little bit of KSAR from way back in BB6 to just introduce the competition. He was there every time a contestant uh, let go of a button. So, uh, well, actually, let me explain the pressure cooker just in case. Uh, someone is randomly listening to this and they're like, what the hell are they talking about? It is the legendary Big Brother competition from way back in BB6. 18 years ago, you um, had the house guests in an enclosed space. When it was done then, it was in the backyard. It was a glass enclosure, and they had to press a button. That's all they had to do. You had to press the button, and if you let go of the button, you are out. At the end of that competition, it was down to Kesar and a house guest named Jen. They were both on opposite sides of the house, and after making a deal, in air quotes, uh, Kesar let go of his button, Jen became HOH, and then she promptly got him evicted that week. So, yes, uh, the pressure cooker was the longest, and still is the longest, HOH competition Ever. It was 13 hours and 53 minutes. So did this one live up to the hype? I would say it kind of sort of did. I kind of was dissing it when we talked last, Mr. Pena. But, because I was like, you know, it would have been different had it been outside, you know, because of the glass. You know, it would have been a little bit uncomfortable because I would assume because they're in, a, in an enclosed glass type of thing, it might be hot. And that would have led to, you know, discomfort and that kind of stuff. But they had this pressure cooker cold. Like, it was very, very cold. All of the house guests were complaining about how cold it was. So... You know, instead of maybe it being hot to making it cold, I, I, I think that's a good, that was a good thing for the house guests. Uh, um, as far as all the other tricks, I mean, the snakes, yeah, if you're scared of snakes, that's creepy. But they're in a, they were like in a glass enclosure, like, 
they weren't going to let them loose. You know what I'm saying? I think some people on the internet were like, oh my god, the snakes are going to be loose. You can't do that without like a snake wrangler nearby. You know what I'm saying? Like, they weren't going to do that. Uh, some of the other stuff, the music, I mean, I get it. It was annoying. But was that really punishment? I don't know. Um, the flies didn't work. Whatever we saw on the TV is not how it happened in real life. Like, that was called the magic of editing and sound, because we learned once Matt went back into the house that the flies were pretty much dead because of the coldness of the pressure cooker. Like, the flies did not survive. Like, they were struggling to fly. That's hilarious. Yes. They, 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 they weren't there. So all of that fly stuff was, was extraness. And also, I mean, let's be honest, when you're told there are flies around, I feel like we all start twitching, you know, because we feel everything around us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, psychological. For Psycho- sure. It's psychological versus anything else. Um, but yeah, like what, what were your thoughts on the pressure cooker 2.0? I was, uh, it was, it was good. I expected more. I think I overhyped myself for the potential of what it could be, but it wasn't bad. It was still a good comp. It was still very enjoyable and still something that I like to watch. Uh, I wanted more to happen. The cold thing was great. I really liked the fact that they uh, made it cold. I thought that was great. It's the opposite, right? So that was a great little aspect to it. The the music I can't understand. It, anything after like 30 minutes of the same damn song can get really, really annoying and torture. And uh, and they had some sound. And that was about it. I was expecting when it went dark. Remember, like someone to creep around maybe. The only thing I can think of, maybe they thought that was too easy. That was like to get somebody out. It might have startled them too much. Which I can kind of see, right? If someone touches you randomly, you're going to jump, right? And you have a really high chance of letting go of the button or freaking out. But uh, the prizes were okay. They weren't bad. It was good. I think, like I said, you know, when you build something up in your mind, and I felt like the KSR thing was so legendary only because he battled back. He lasted basically the entire time I made a bad deal. You know what I mean? That's what made it legendary. I thought it was a good comp. A very good endurance, because you can see, man, you could be there almost forever, which I like. That's putting your body to the test. But overall, it was an okay comp. Not, not horrible, nothing amazing, but it was, it was a good comp. I think the prizes should have been better. I do. Yeah. I mean, the pressure cooker, pretty... I mean, it's very, it's a very much an ironic prize, so I didn't mind that. I think $1,000 was way too little. It should have been at least you know 5 k Five. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was weird too because they normally it, you see. But blue like won it, high. and I don't really care for blue, so I'm glad that she just got a thousand dollars. That's so wrong, but it's true. She's Dude. annoying the shit out of me now. I felt bad for those that like lasted forever. You know, they're like I mean, they just let it slip. Who was it? Even Bowie. I felt bad for Bowie. Fucking Bowie Jane. Lets, yeah, I mean, she had it. Was a couple of people were just kind of slipped off you know what i mean yeah jared good grief that was so dumb i felt the worst not the worst because jared's sort of on my shit list too but i was just like good grief really jared like the way jared just let go and then poor sari like i really felt bad for sari like sari um izzy was doing too much like they didn't show oh gosh it's so funny 
because I saw so many clips about like the competition and there was so much good stuff during the competition. It took like 60% of the episode to show this competition, but they didn't show a lot of the good stuff. Like Izzy, they could have done a montage of her dancing because she was like dancing to nothing. And that shit was hilarious. Um, but they did show that she, I guess she was, you know, bopping around trying to keep herself hyped because it was very, very cold that she let it slip. But mm-mm. they sh- they could have shown so much more that I was very disappointed in what they did not show. Because there was like a whole, like, we had the peanut gallery in the house when it was just Miss Felicia Sari and Izzy watching the TV, like, they were cracking jokes about it. They were they were hilarious. And they didn't really show any of that. There was another moment in which Sari chastised her son, Jared. They called Miss Felicia into the diary room, and she laid it in on him. Like, you need to be focused. You need to be this. You need to be that. And I was like, damn it, man. They didn't show that? Like, they didn't show Sari being a mother? Like, that that was a good little moment. And then Izzy was just like, you know, she was like the, like the child that had done good. So she was like, you know, like sitting, like looking away as like the brother was getting her, you know, because she's Izzy Fields. So her brother was getting chastised by their mom. Long lost daughter right there. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, Izzy is the number one child. Matt is now a Fields as well. Uh, Matt is now enamored with uh, Sari and is bringing her a whole bunch of information, and he's being, like, a double agent for her. I mean, it's a whole situation with Matt. Like, I think Matt might be moving up even above Izzy. So So what's mm -hmm. interesting on that, I love that you brought it up. I noticed that, too, and I felt he's looking for someone to attach to, Matt. Because I think he he feels better in a duo, so to speak, right? Or someone he can trust. Well, he needs and someone it, much like, not to interrupt you, but just he needs someone like what Kirsten did for him the first week and what Riley did for him the next week. He needs someone that can fill him in. Because remember, he does not do well in a group setting. He Because he's hard of hearing, he, he gets lost in the conversations. And like when many people are talking at the same time, you know, he gets bits and pieces of this person and that person, the other person, but he doesn't get the full conversation. Kirsten in week one, she would fill him in on what was said. Riley would fill him in on what was said. A lot of the people, especially in the early weeks, you know, he would ask questions and they would just be like, oh, you know, it wasn't really that important or we'll tell you later. And Kirsten and Riley at least would like spend one-on-one time with him to explain to him exactly what happened. So I think he's like yearning for that and maybe he has found that in Sari. Right, and I agree with you because that leads perfectly into that Remember that first time, it was right after I mentioned it, when Riley left, they showed on TV where he kind of opened up to Izzy and, and Sari. Mm-hmm. And on the live, it's shown where he's had more one-on-one conversations with Sari. And Sari's spoken to him, he's talked a little game, and then live, and then more game. And I think he likes the fact that somebody is finally speaking game with him on a higher level than just saying, hey, don't worry about it. Oh, no, it's yeah. okay. Like, you know, being very vague. She's actually saying, well, you know, we have to look out for this. You know, and they do have this group, but we have this over here. And the fact that you just involve him is what's bringing him in. The same way uh, Cameron brought in Red unintentionally or intentionally when he gave him the information about the backdoor to Heism. The fact that he shared game information 
with him to bring him in is what that's what they yearn for, right? That's how you bring somebody in is by it's not to be all the time, but at least letting them in the know. And even if there's nothing to tell, you can even kind of repeat what's already been said to make it seem like you're giving them more info. And I really like the fact that that could be a great shield for her or a great number for story. Definitely. She needs it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Yes. I will say, because we sort of, uh, when we were talking about the prizes, I, we didn't mention this one. The dinner party one is nice. Like, they have done dinner party type of prizes in the past. So that was an old school prize that I was glad returned. Uh, we had some punishments. The The only one that I think continued into the house was the have-not punishment. Which, once again, if you're going to do a have-not situation and you don't actually show them picking the have-nots, that's incredibly stupid and annoying. For me, at least. Like, Corey is a have-not. He has to pick two other people to be have-nots with him. You know, per the show, we have no idea who those have-nots are. But we do know that it isn't slop. It is the old-school peanut butter and jelly situation, which... Well, that's not too horrible. Well, I'll say this. I enjoy a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I don't know if I could eat it a week for at least two meals a day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is... I don't but know. You can't like, really do much with you, peanut butter and jelly. Like, you can't... I'm trying to think. Can, can you make it savory? No, but you can toast the bread. You can change it up a little bit. You can fry it on the pan. Like, don't get me wrong. It still sucks, but slop is just straight-up crap. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't trust Frankie Grande a lot, but he said... No, 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 but, like, I... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. No, I was just going to say, he said that slop, if you cook it long enough... It's basically thick-cut steel oats. And if you cook it long enough, it turns into oatmeal. And you can kind of jazz that up a little bit. Like, you can make a safe... oatmeal. Oh, I don't mind oatmeal, so maybe that's why you're grossed out by it and I'm not. Um, Because, like, you can jazz it up. You can make it sweet. You can make it maybe a little bit more savory. Like, you can try to change that up. Peanut butter and jelly, I guess you can just make a peanut butter sandwich and maybe try to savory it up. Um... I guess that could work, you know, like a, maybe like a Thai style peanut butter sandwich where, you know, you, you put a little bit of like spices in there like that actually, you know what, maybe peanut butter and jelly isn't that bad now that I'm thinking about it and you can deep fry it. That is true. Like you can do stuff and I think you can still use pantry items. Like you can use spices and that sort of thing. Like you can't use food, but you can use spices and stuff to zhuzh it up. So maybe it might not be as bad. Either that or you're going to be like Danielle Reyes from BB3 and you're never going to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich ever again after this show is over. You know what I'm saying? But she was a happen like multiple times. Yeah, she was. Yeah, this is just a one week type of situation. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad that they brought back some old school stuff. I wish the punishments inside of the pressure cooker were a little bit more intense. I don't really know what they could have done. The bug thing was brilliant because that's what they did before, but unfortunately it was too cold, so they didn't really think about the cold. So that sucks that it really didn't happen, although they tried to make it seem like it happened on the show. Um, As far as anything else, like, they could have done stuff where, like, you know, because it's a scary verse water splashes on them but they have it's in the dark so they have no idea what it is or like goop falls on them and it's in the dark so they don't they aren't expecting it um i don't know what else they could have done uh 
but they could have done something else. You know, maybe they could have, in the dark, they could have had a bubble machine, but they don't know what it is, and so it feels kind of weird when the bubbles hit them. Uh, what else could they have done that would have made I like it? that could have been, they could have done like a random foam from the sky. Yes. Uh, what else could they have done that would have kind of freaked them out? Noises and weird, creepy sounds. It's a scary verse. Like, you know, not jump scare type of stuff, but like, you know, just maybe, I guess it would be considered jump scare, but like weird noises that happen. Like, it, yeah, I mean, they could have done a little bit more. I did like that they were stuck in there, like three um, at a time. Like, that was kind of brilliant because, you know, it's like, shit, you know, I'm done and I want to go pee but I'm stuck in here until two other people are eliminated. So that worked for me. Uh, the beer thing, I didn't really get that. I'm not a beer drinker, so I wouldn't have drank any of it. Like, I would have been like, Sari, like, what is this gross shit? You know? Anyway. Well, more times than not, they usually drink, so. Yes. Okay, so let's go into the order in which they dropped out. So it was Jared, Sari, Izzy, Bowie, Matt, Red, Corey, Blue, Jag, Nicole, and America. And that left Cameron as the HOH. Before we start talking about Cameron as the HOH, because we were very nervous about him being HOH, and then boom, it ends up happening. This was a scary verse twist for you and I. Let's talk about the order in which they, they left. Were you impressed by any of them going as long as they could? Or as long as they did, I should say. Oh, uh, Nicole, man. I'll be honest. I didn't expect that. That was really, really good. Like, I, I think she actually had a potential, maybe even winning it, because she was doing great. And then she just let a little loose. She was trying to swat the flies that were apparently dead, not dead around her. And that's all it took was to just get that little muscle off the button. That impressed me. I think out of anyone, that impressed me the most. Even Blue at Bowie going as long as they did. Very surprising. I'm not going to lie. I was actually really impressed by just in general. Uh, I wasn't surprised by Izzy. Izzy, Izzy. He tried, but it is what it was. But uh, Cameron, I'm not surprised. I figured he could go. I think Red could have kept going, but he, like, slipped, lost his balance. So, But the one, number one for me is Nicole. That was damn. That girl can do endurance. She's going to be a comp threat once the big endurance HOHs do come out, like the wall or something like that. What about you? Who... Who impressed you for staying as long as they did? Pretty much the same with you. Like, Nicole was beyond impressive to me. I thought America was really impressive as well, especially because later on she says that she could have won it had Cameron not basically made a deal with her to keep her and Corey safe. So I was impressed with both of them. Like, they did really, really, really good. I was surprised at how some of the people dropped in the beginning. Like, I already said, Sari surprised me. Uh, Matt surprised me, too, as well as Corey, but both of them kind of said that they didn't really want to win. I think Red, out of... Well, Izzy was also very <laughs> disappointed in herself, but I think Red and Izzy, I guess, were the two that were the most disappointed in themselves for letting go, which, you know, it makes sense, you know, because, you know... There's a lot of mistrust in the house, for lack of a better word. Even though there are so many alliances and there are so many different um, 
pairings and large-scale alliances. There is mistrust within a lot of those alliances. I loved the little moment that we got with Sari where she was listing all the alliances that she's in. That was majestic. It really was, because I, I don't know how I would keep all of those straight in my head. At this point, alliances don't even mean anything. I've never seen so many simultaneous alliances constantly being created. It's it's funny to watch, like, wow. It's like saying I love you to somebody, but you don't mean it, or after a while it loses its meaning. Alliance, to me, has almost lost its complete meaning in this game so far. Right. The abundance of alliances created and dismantled. And it's less than a month into the game. There's still time for more alliances, which is ridiculous. So uh, this pressure cooker lasted 13 hours, 49 minutes, just a couple minutes shy of the record that the original had, which is kind of crazy. So outside of the alliances that were discussed during the competition, we also had the first official primetime showcase of AmeriCory, a.k.a. the showmance between Corey and America. I mentioned this last week, and we're finally seeing it sort of play out on the show. I think they're cute, they're adorable, they're both kind of super fans, and I, I like them. Like, she's really interested in him, so she's, like, flirting with him, and he's kind of adorable and doesn't really know how to flirt back. So... Like, it, it's kind of cute seeing them together. They're a nice little pairing. I agree. I didn't see that coming until you mentioned it last time. And seeing his little clips and how dumb he is, but he's trying. And I think what she likes about him is that he's so – it's genuine. Like, that's him. That's, like, out, out on his sleeves. He's not pretending. So I think it's funny. So you can tell her type are dorky people. And it's cute to kind of see them, you know, together and see where that pans out. Because, like you said, she really wants him. I'd actually, I would actually really like to see that couple be made and then survive outside the house that would be adorable as opposed to another one which we'll be talking about later on Uh, well not later on but very soon but just not right now so cameron is hoh he has he won the competition he is now the hoh and izzy could not hide her non-enthusiasm for it. Red picked up on it, but uh, from the beginning, and once again, this is another moment in which the house guests are refreshing. Cameron immediately knew who he was going to nominate. Cameron immediately knew. Like, he knew from the beginning that he was going to nominate Jag and Blue this week. And he even told them. And he was like, straight up, straightforward, you know, straight shooter, pow, pow, both of you are being nominated. You know, these were two individuals that were part of his handful alliance, but the handful has imploded. As Jag said, he's been a part of many alliances, and all of them have just fizzled out, except for his seven deadly sins, which is a really an, an alliance, according to Sari, not sort of, kind of, ish, kind of, sort of, but not really. More so, Legend 25 is not a real alliance, but anywho. So, uh, at, by the end of the episode, we do have Jag and Blue as the nominees, but there were talks between Cameron and his final two, Red, about a potential Izzy backdoor. Now, 
I will include a little bit of the live feeds right now. Sari had a conversation with Izzy about you need to do a better job of hiding your disgust for Cameron. <laughs> and because they know, and you need to do a better job of hiding it, this, that, or the other. And Sari did a little bit of massaging to, like, try to get Cameron and Red off of Izzy's scent. Did it work? Stay tuned. But as of right now, it looks like it sort of kind of worked, at least for this week. So I just wanted to bring that in. We're going to talk more about the live feeds because a lot happened over the course of uh, two nights ago that we need to talk I, about. Yeah, but before I we get wanna... into that, let's talk about this. The nominees, Cameron as yeah. HOH, the, the, the Red picking up. Red! Who knew Red was good at reading people? Red picked it up about Izzy. Like, like, let's, let's break this down, Mr. Pena. Well, to be honest, Izzy was an open giant book. I mean, it was like... What bothers me about Izzy, it's when you when those people that try too hard or make it way too obvious about something, that's who she is. If it sucks to her, it sucks. If it's amazing, it's amazing. If she's going to like you and you think it's great, she thinks it's great. And I was like, golly, man. How, I thought that was really dumb of her to do. And Red's not stupid. He's watching you because you're all there. And I was like, okay, this could be the time, you know. Cameron won. We're like, damn, worst case scenario. I cannot believe why Cameron would not go after Cameron. I mean, Cameron, excuse me. I got for himself. Go after Sari and Izzy, especially after talking about what he did the previous week about them being threats. There's some life feed where he talked to Red about it. And then, even before he made his nominations, Red brought up Izzy to him. Like, hey, she didn't look too happy. But I'm surprised in this aspect. One, he's too afraid to take the shot because he's afraid once he takes it, they're all going to go after him, right? That's the biggest fear that, that I've learned from watching season. They're afraid to go after somebody big in fear. They will get retaliated. Perfect example. Look at Jen in Kesar's season. She took out Kesar. What did Kesar's people do? Get her out the next week. And that we've seen that a few times. When they do get a big target, then the, the, the alliance they were a part of takes them out. So I can kind of see why he didn't go after him. Number two, he still believes he's in that professor's alliance with Red. And I, I think he didn't want to mess that up. Even though Red was kind of hinting it's not as strong as he thinks it may be or not as good. But I think Kevin's like, no, no, they they, they want me. They're, they're going to key on. I'm going to show my loyalty to them. Now, they, now that side of the house has become the dominant. Like, they're going to do what they say, so they stay in their good graces because they technically have numbers, right? And everyone that was a, a part of it is technically still a part of it. But, but it was... I, I'm dumbfounded, man. I have no idea why he did that. I don't understand his issue with Jag or Blue, but I understand the fact that... I, I forgot, dude. He's an outsider, right? He was always in the middle. And him and Red initially, and then the professors brought in Red because he was older. But seeing that play out and seeing Cameron play his game, I personally think it wasn't the best move for him. And I think he could have actually worked with those people had he gone against the other side, so to speak, or gone against the Suri and Izzy. I think that would have given him a better opportunity to formulate a group till he's fight that side. But 
that was surprising. And I'm actually interested to see what happens this week. And as you brought up, we have Blue and Jag nominated. If the nominations stay the same, who do they want to go out? And then I want you to drop the truth bomb. Not the truth bomb, but the idiot bomb that somebody dropped in the house that kind of leaves it up in the air on who is going to leave. Because we know Cameron's target is Jag. And Jag's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's not a minnow. He's, he's a big fish, right? But seeing how this played out from the outside in just makes you kind of question, like, what direction are they going in? Who they really fear? And it's it's proven now. They fear Sari. He at least fears her so much, he doesn't even put her up. But becoming a liability in her own right where it's not so much that the group she's putting in jeopardy. She's putting in jeopardy herself. And I'm really glad that you mentioned that Ceri's kind of putting her in check now because she can't go full on mama bear on her because she has a secret, but she can kind of massage her and be like, Hey, but Hey, but I'm here. I'm just letting you know, this is what people think. And we want to keep you on the right track. So it'll be kind of interesting to, to see how it goes. Were you surprised? I'm not sure if you mentioned it. Were you surprised by the nominations and why he, Cameron would even go that direction? I was surprised by the nominations. I was surprised Cameron would go in that direction. And I, I was, because, okay, because we were talking about this. Like, th- this was like our final conversation of the previous podcast. And we were scared that maybe Sari and Izzy were going to be nominated. Because Cameron, for like the past maybe week and a half, the past ten days, he was like... Sari is running the house. Like, that side. Like, Sari, Izzy, and Felicia are, like, at the top of the pyramid. And they are running everything. Like, we are their puppets. He didn't say it in that way, but that's basically what he was kind of saying. Like, they are running this. They are in charge. Like, Sari hasn't been HOH, but she has been in charge. So he noticed that. And I was very scared for her. Because, like, even though he was like, we, I'm going to, like strike in the middle of the game and that kind of thing you know we're getting close to the middle so i was i was worried for her like i was like shit you know cameron is not the person that i want to win hoh but then i started reading that apparently cerise mist has been working its magic because red trusts cerie to a fault like he is enamored with her and he trusts her and he believes in her like there was one day when uh sari was like maybe after this whole thing is done i'm gonna get legend 25 tattooed on me and like red was like i'm gonna get a tattooed too and i'm like this is the alliance that she calls the fake alliance. And Red is like, I'm going to get it tattooed. Like, Red is in. And because Red has Cameron's ear, Red has been able to convince Cameron that, you know, Sari is beneficial for them. So that's why all this happened. Like, I kind of get what he said in regards to Jag. Because let's be real, out of Jag and Blue... Jag has a better shot at winning competitions. No offense, Blue. I have no idea what you're doing. Except for trying to have a moment on reality television. But Jag, he can actually win competitions. So I understand why he is the target for Cameron. He's also not aligned with him at the moment. They were, but not anymore. So I get it. So out of everyone that's left in the house, 
he selected the two people that he does not associate with in an alliance. Although, what does that word actually mean nowadays? And also, at the end of it all, he really is doing what the majority of the House wants. I know he kind of said that to sort of uh, explain away his stuff to, like, Blue, and Blue was, like, very offended. Like, you're going to do the majority? Like, think about it, Blue. If he's doing what the majority wants, that means he's aligned with the majority. Like, hello, girl. Wake up. You're playing Big Brother. Anyway. So, at the end of it all, he is doing what the majority wants. And what the majority wants is what Sari wants. And what Miss Felicia wants. And what Izzy wants. You know what I'm saying? So, it's crazy. But, like, Sari is at the top, but Izzy and Miss Felicia are, like, her two right-hand women. And they are dominating this game. You know? Like, they're not in power, but they're in power. And it is crazy. It is so majestic to watch. Because I have always get worried for Sari. Because I'm like, shit, you know, this isn't good for her game. This isn't good for her game. But somehow it's the social interactions, as you said. It's her reassuring people. You know, it's her being cool with the people. And she's, she's doing it. She is doing it. All right, before we get into well, – I was about to say, before sorry, we get just, into live feeds. Yeah, just, just add real quickly. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, 100% everything you said. It's the way she delivers. She's never aggressive. She never forces her opinion or thoughts upon anyone. And it comes It's that nurturing, it's that, that maternal yeah. stuff that works. And then the combination with Felicia, you get extra nurturing. You get like a grandma nurturing, a mama nurturing. Dude, it, just, it puts you in heaven. You're like, man, where are my grandparents? Where are my parents? You know what I mean? Exactly. One thing that I do want to say that I didn't reference that I, that I want to mention before we get into live feeds, props to the editors. It was a tiny little moment, but I loved it when we saw Miss Felicia in three different spots on the, not, it wasn't the HOH cast, but like in the living room. She was on the left in the middle and on the right. I loved that little bit of editing trickery. Like that worked for me. Like that was good. That was believable. I enjoyed it. It looked nice. I love it. Three Felicias in the in the Big Brother house. That would be a lot. Yes. All right. So let's give our live feed update. I'm going to mention this really quick because we've been doing it every week. So the uh, POV competition was had. Uh, Cameron, Jag, Blue played along with Jared, Nicole, and Red. Izzy hosted it. Red won the POV, and today Red did not use the POV. So Jag and Blue remain on the block. As of right now, Jag is the target for Cameron. Jag is not the target for Queen Suri. Blue is the target for Suri. So we might actually have the first... HOH blindside of the season. And it, it I'll could, believe it when I see it. Maybe it could be a split vote. Yeah, I know it's this house. It could change in an hour and then it'll change back in 10 hours. Anything can happen in this house. BB25 will BB25 all the damn time. But as of right now, Blue seems to be the target of Suri because she feels that she can actually work with Jag versus blue. So there's that. Now, 
We gotta talk about what happened late Saturday night. Oh, good. All stupid. right. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Yes, it, it, this is literally the stupidest thing you're gonna hear today, listeners. If you haven't already heard it. Okay, so... Um, Jared has been, like, pressing Blue about a couple different things. About wanting to get it in in the Big Brother house... But as well as, I have a secret, and I really want to share this secret with you, but I can't really share the secret. And he's been dropping hints all over the place. And then he finally dropped the biggest hint Saturday night, late at night, up there in that um that little comfy couch type of looking area where the chest thing is. It's like right across from the HOH door. He breaks it down to Blue that his mom is in the house. And Blue doesn't really understand. It was almost... I'm sorry, girl. Like, I, I don't know you personally, but I can just go by what I saw. It was very moronic, her response. It just was. Because she, was like, she was, like, not phased. It was very strange. And then he's, he's like, yeah, my mom is actually in the game. And, like, she's going on, like, like I know, basically, that, you know, like, Izzy, Felicia, uh, Sari, like, they are a priority for him. And she's like, I don't, I'm not offended by that. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, what game are you playing? Like, if you know that this dude that you're feeling, his, his priorities are not you. Like, that was just so strange to me. Like, the whole conversation was just whack. It, like, it was, it was dumb. And then he's, like, he, like, reiterates, my mom is in the game. And, like, she doesn't react. And then he's like, you don't have an opinion on that? And she's like, I don't know how that would affect me. And I'm like, what? Blue. Like, okay. You weren't here when we discussed this. It was your, your night in the nether region. When I was chatting with our other co-host, Jamaica, like, I brought in a theory that BB Twitter has. And they think Blue is a recruited house guest. There have been house guests in the past that have been recruited. Sometimes they are alternates. Sometimes they're just directly recruited to be in the main cast or the main competitors and that sort of thing. There have been house guests on previous seasons on the live feeds. They're like, oh, yeah, I was recruited. Or they'll even say, oh, yes, I'm, I was an alternate. Claire, two seasons ago during the, the cookout season she was an alternate like there was someone else that was going to be in the big brother house but uh, that person got covid she tested positive and so claire was the replacement she was an alternate that was available and she actually got the chance to play the game but there have been other house guests that have specifically said that they were recruited when you're recruited you don't apply for big brother they find you on social media maybe you might have a big following and so you get recruited to the game I am now starting to really believe she was recruited because she does not play like someone that's actually playing Big Brother. Like, she's trying to have her moments, you know, when she got the the, the goop on her, when she did her um, eviction message to Hysum. Like, she's, she's trying to have moments on this show, and I wouldn't be surprised if she's just trying to grow her social media following because she clearly does not know how to play this game. Anyway, that's just my little rant about her, and I feel like her conversation with Jared, where he's like telling her a game-changing twist, and she had a non-reaction, like, I feel like that's just adding to evidence that she is she was recruited and she did not apply to be on the show. But anyway, so he tells her this. She is not phased by it. Apparently they have sex. Because later on, captured on the live feeds, Jared was using bleach wipes to, like, clean up the area. And I was like, Ugh. 
And also, later on, Miss Felicia had this whole thing where she was she was like, the box of condoms, people have been using the condoms. <laughs> Who's that been using the condoms? And then apparently the, the box of condoms was found in the have-not room. Like, it's a whole situation with these condoms now, post-coitus. So, they have another conversation where she's like, finally, like, it's clicking for Blue, sort of. And she thinks that Miss Felicia is his mom. Because, I haven't mentioned this, but apparently, clearly Jared cannot say his last name in the house. He can't say he's Jared Fields. Ding, ding, ding. We all know who his mom is now. He's been using the last name Washington. Probably no coincidence to what Cameron oh, was saying. No. So it's yeah, a confluence of stupidity. Because Blue thinks that he is Miss Felicia's son. He did not deny it to her. Like, at all. Like, he was like, oh, now it makes sense. Cameron's theory was ac- is actually true. And so I guess in her mind, as a social media influencer, she's like, oh, my God, I just had sex with Denzel Washington's nephew. <laughs> I can't with any of this. Like, it is so stupid. I, I don't understand, Jared. Why are you doing this? This jeopardizes your game. This jeopardizes your mom's game, even though she doesn't realize that your mom is your mom. But still, like, if Blue is a smart person, she would immediately go to Cameron with this information. But she's not a smart person, so I don't think she's going to say anything to Cameron. I don't know. I have not seen if Blue has said anything. So, you know, maybe we'll have more information uh, the next time that we record. I don't know if she said anything. If she's smart, she would say something. Um, if she's smart, when she leaves the house, if she ends up getting evicted on Thursday, she could be like, and by the way, Miss Felicia is Jared's mom, and he is Denzel Washington's nephew. That And, and Cerie's face probably would be <laughs> gagging. Um, oh, God. It is just, I don't understand this. Clearly, yeah. this is just... Are you Cerie's child? Like, maybe you are. No, because Miss Felicia's been playing a smarter game, so I can't even say because that's an insult to Miss Felicia to call him her child. Like, he just plays this game horribly. Horribly. And I get it, dude. You're a grown man, and you're trying to live your life. But if you have your mom there, who is a reality competition legend... You listen to her. I feel like he had a full-on conversation. Because I can imagine Sari. We got to do this. We got to do that. You got to do this. You got to be careful. We've seen her correct him. Like, you need to do this. You need to be careful. You're talking too much. I feel like he listens to all of that. And it just goes from one ear out the other. Based off of his kind of misogynistic attitudes about women. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's, you know how he feels about his mom. You know, he's just like listens to her to appease her, but then he ends up doing his own thing because he's a grown ass man. And he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Well, clearly that's going to be your downfall because I can totally see, I can see Sari voting him out. <laughs> I can like, I think she wants to try to keep him as far as she can because that is her child. But if the house wants him out, like she's going to vote with the house. So I want to bring something up. I remember you had hope for Jared at the beginning of the game. Because remember, I wrote him off. I was hoping for him because you, because he is exactly. the child of Sari. I agree, but I also threw in the fact that's not always the case for any celebrity, athlete, millionaire, whatever, right? And that's why I was like, I don't know, man. One, I never heard of this kid. I didn't realize she has kids. I don't stalk her. 
And two, You're not an Izzy. it's hard. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not Izzy Fields. It's always hard to live up to your whoever it is, your mother, brother, father, whoever it may be, because they have such a high bar. Her bar is ridiculous. This is like a legit legend. That's like, you know, Michael Jordan's son becoming a great basketball player too. Right now, LeBron's son trying to live up to his dad's, you know, legacy. It's difficult. So even then, I was hesitant. But seeing how moronic and selfish and just plain dumb he's playing the game is, like, crazy. It's like he's purposely doing the wrong things because he doesn't want to be told what to do. Granted, it may be correct. So he's it's like my students, don't do this. What's the first thing they do? They do what I told them not to do. And I feel like he thinks he has to play his game. I'm sorry. There's some very dumb, and I'll say dumb because I mean that, uh, comments on some of those Facebook groups for big brothers that, oh, Jared, now he's a good player. He needs to play his own game. His mom needs to step out of the way. His mom needs to cut the umbilical cord, get him out, and I get her out. I'm like, are you guys not watching the game that we are watching? Even if you're just watching the, the show, he's not doing much of anything. And if you watch the live feeds, it's even worse. So I don't understand what's going through his mind, except he's thinking with the wrong head, plain and simple. And he was willing to do anything to get to that and spill a secret it was. And she probably only did that thinking, wait, his last name is Washington. She's related. The mom is Felicia. We know through Cameron that Cameron said that is Denzel Washington's sister. Bam, like you said, social media person. Jared playing a very bad game. It's going to be interesting because I want to see this. I want to see Blue evicted to see how Jared reacts. What is he going to do? Does that actually put a wedge between mom and son? Because, oh, that was my girl. You went against me or I wasn't included. Or if they even included to him. I would love to see that fallout. Yeah, I think it'll be a wake-up call for him. Because he's been playing sloppy. Um, he's been playing moronic. He's been thinking with not his brain, but with the head down below. And he's also a cheater. Like, all of that, like, there's so much going on with him that the BB fandom has turned on him. They haven't turned on Sari. They've turned on him. And, I mean, it, it, it is justified. I mean, he is being so stupid. Like, because it's not just that he's playing the game. And he's fucking it up for himself. He's potentially fucking it up for his mom. Like, he isn't even at all considering how any of his actions will affect his mom. She is considering him in every one of her decisions. Like, we've heard her say multiple times, like, this is going to be beneficial for me and Jared. This is that or the other. Like, he isn't thinking like that. And once again, maybe it's, you know, the misogyny that he has inside him where he's just thinking about himself because he's a grown-ass man and that sort of thing. I don't know, but it's 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 stupid. And I hope that this is the first time a plan actually sticks and they vote Blue out. She's not even there playing the game. Like, I'm sorry, her reaction to him and what he was saying to me disqualifies her. Because, like, that was so stupid. Like, if anybody else was listening to what he was saying, like, they would have reacted aghast and in shock and like oh my god they would have done um what was his name zach when he found out that uh frankie was ariana grande's uh, brother 
Like, they would have flipped the fuck out and been like, what the hell? They're going to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, she but, had but zero I reaction. Was... And I wonder if they're going to show this. I wonder if they're going to show this on Wednesday. Because this happened so. after the veto. So I hope that they show... I mean, they're clearly not going to show the sex. We don't need to see that. Yeah. But I hope that they show the conversation. I wonder if it shows it. Maybe she doesn't really pay attention to him. Maybe. Like and you know what? Get... If, if, if this whole theory that she was recruited, I would not be surprised if she's getting into showman's just because she feels like it's going to give her more camera time. You know what I'm saying? So maybe she doesn't yeah, even no, listen no, no, to no, anything sure. that he says. And that's why I made her think, like, it hit her later, like, oh, wait, did he say what I think he said? You know what I mean? Maybe the orgasm cleared because up her mind. she was really listening. Yeah, she knew what she wanted. <laughs> and was just waiting or maybe the non-orgasm cleared up her mind. We don't know if it was good. <laughs> and we don't need to Thought know. of clarity. Thought of clarity. <laughs> exactly. Oh, gosh. Well, let's stop talking about them. And let's just, let's mention this one thing that will be announced soon. The BB power of invincibility. So I, I read a little bit more about it, and I just want to give a little bit more details about it. So apparently the four eligible house guests with the most votes, that is part of America's votes, win the ability to compete for the power of invincibility. So the top four vote-getters will face off in a competition that will be shown on Thursday's eviction episode with the winner receiving the game-changing power. So how does this power work? The power of invincibility allows its user to save an evicted house guest during one of the next two evictions, including themselves. That means, though an eviction vote will go through, the person who gets the majority will not actually be evicted. So we're going to have to wait and see to see who wins uh, but, yeah, will it change the game? Will it not? I hope it is used. You know, even if it's somebody that I don't want it to win, you know what I'm saying? Like, I still want it used. I feel like a lot of times people earn powers in the Big Brother house and they don't use the powers. So I hope the power gets used. So stay tuned in regards to who gets the power. Before I wrap things up, Mr. Pena, any final thoughts? Not too much, to be honest, other than we said it all. Garrett is dumb. Sari, I know we we talked down on her game a little bit. Sari needs to find out. Sari needs to find out. Just... Corey kind of alluded to it in front of Sari, so I don't know if she really picked up on it. But knowing Sari, she picked up on it because um, Corey said something to the gist of to Jared, like uh, they were talking about stuff and um, you know about their I guess their ships and that sort of thing. There are showmances, and Corey said something. Well, we didn't do as much as what you and Blue did. So there was that, and it was like, Sari was like close by, like, so I don't know if she heard it, I don't know if she fully picked up on it, but Sari needs to be told what's going down. Well, I just wanted to say that, I mean, I'm impressed with Sari's game, I know, like, I know we've criticized a little bit, rightfully so, and you mentioned, you brought up a lot of good points on what she's done wrong, but man, to kind of course correct and learn on the fly a brand new game, granted she's been in reality shows, so that does give her a little of an edge for sure you know, to sharpen her craft, especially that tongue of hers. It's amazing to see it, how it's working. And they know who she is, and yet they want... It, this reminds me, I, I hate this comparison, but it's true. It reminds me of Paul's second game, where everyone wanted to work with him. And it got annoying, but he used it effectively, to the point where it hurt him, it was detrimental. 
And the smart thing that Sari has done in her group, her tight group of alliance, is that she's been very honest. Like, we got to fight it. We're going to fight it out in the end. You know what I mean? She's not doing final two, final two, final two, final twos, which was Paul's issue. And to see her work and maneuver through all those conversations and uh, perceptions and just getting into people's thoughts and minds, like, knowing how big of a threat she is, and yet they're cool with her. They want to work with her. They'd rather be with her than against her. And that's why major props. It's amazing how complete opposite of a game Jared is playing. But, but credit to Sari, man. When she works, she works it. And she's working her butt up. Along with Felicia, I think, man, thank God. She is a lot better than I thought. I give her credit for after seeing the first two episodes. But now seeing live and seeing as the game went on, she also has a very genuine demeanor about her. And I think they play off each other. I think it's a great balance because Izzy sucks. I'm just sorry. I, I don't <laughs> like Izzy's like personality and flamboyancy and just overhypeness. I find Izzy entertaining. Wannabe. <laughs> I, I, I like yeah, that she's not her, her, in a good way. I call it wannabe intellect, you know, intellectualness because... She tries to talk high and mighty and, oh, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this. It's like she's a very yes, yes man, yes woman person and yes person in general. And I feel like having Felicia, Felicia there, Felicia with the three balances it amazingly because you have the young buck of Izzy that is seen as a non-threat but can still kind of go here, here, move here. But you have the king and queen, or the two queens, excuse me, and Felicia, Felicia and uh, Sari. And I just, I, I like seeing them play very Godfather Mafia-like. Yes, and... Miss Felicia watched the damn Godfather oh, before you know playing this game. She is a mob I, I, boss, look, and it's so good. The way she speaks to you is amazing. No, oh, you and missed it. Oh, I missed this. Long... I forgot to say, to say this. Let me just say this really quick. Wait, hold hold on to your thought. Because there's this one moment that was spectacular. So, over the weekend, apparently Miss Felicia, like, talked to America about, like, you know, where's your vote and this, that, or the other. Or maybe it was, now I don't remember. I know it was a couple days ago. So, it might have been during the whole, no, it was, I don't, I don't even remember now. But I know it was recently. And apparently Izzy and America got into a conversation about it. And America felt threatened. And so Izzy, like, in the kitchen, like, she points to Miss Felicia, she's like, you better stop threatening America. If that type of conversation does not work on her. And this is other we don't want to push her away. Like, but it was so funny, like, because Izzy brought it up to Miss um, Felicia. But it's also hilarious because the extra layer is basically Izzy telling Miss Felicia to calm down, when in reality also Izzy needs to calm down. But anyway, continue on, I apologize. I just wanted to reference it because it popped no, into no, my no, head with the whole mob boss thing. Hey, it's uh, it's true. And when you do it yourself, you see it in others. Uh, the, the the amazing thing Felicia does is when she speaks to you. Like I noticed it with Heisum, and I noticed it with other players. Like she's like you're on the couch, she's across from you, and then when you start talking, she'll go up next to you. And then if it's a personal conversation, she'll get closer to you. And then she does the soft touching on the shoulder or the hand. You know, the very comforting. And she does it to everyone. When she speaks to you, she shows you the respect and she gets closer to you. And she looks you dead in the eye as you speak. And I was like, that is straight up grandmother, mother, 
mafia boss. Like, that is the way you speak to someone. And that's how you gain someone's respect because she's like, I'm going to have my attention to you 100%. Let me get closer to you because you deserve to be closer to me to have my full attention. And that is what I always find amazing. She needs to hide some perfectly. She controls high some ego perfectly. She doesn't look easy when she has the conversation, gets closer to her or adjusts herself to make sure she's looking directly at her. Like that is amazing speaking skills. That is amazing. Not manipulation, but showing the emotion that what she's saying is true. And she validates your presence and that you're there and what you are saying, you are seen, you are heard. And that is what, to me, making her such a crazy social thread. Right? Like, I need another all-star season, and I need Miss Felicia in it. Miss Felicia has become a fan favorite, and I love that she's a fan favorite. Like, who would have thought Miss Felicia would be, you know, not running the house, but definitely, you know, in cahoots with the woman that's running the house? No, they make a perfect duo. Thank God Felicia was there. I don't think Siri would be doing as good if it was just Izzy. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with you on that. All right, still to come. Wednesday, we will see the POV competition play out. Will we also see Jared's stupidity play out? Stay tuned. And then on Thursday, of course, the live votes and eviction, question mark. The reason why I add that question mark is because there's a little asterisk there. We have to see if the BB power of invincibility will be played out this uh, upcoming week. We're going to see the actual competition play out, but will it be used? Will that stop a an eviction? We'll have our predictions on our Wednesday podcast. Yes, you know, because if Jag wins it, you know, and, and, and if he's eliminated, if he's evicted, you know, will there be an eviction? Stay tuned. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Expect the Unexpected. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks, announcer, my co-host, my fellow house guest. Please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, people. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Expect the Unexpected via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also download the entire series by visiting papichularadio.com slash archives from outside the Big Brother house, at least virtually. Good night.